From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. Can't wait to start the show. It is four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. here on the east coast of the United States on Tuesday evening. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are listening to the Steve Malzberg Show. I can't wait for our guest at the bottom of the hour, Mark Finkelstein, uh, associate editor at newsbusters.org. Going to talk about all kinds of media bias, which is what we love to talk about on this show. Um, But first, uh, we're going to start with something. And I was actually going to start with, um, it was a busy day up on Capitol Hill, congressional hearings. And Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, was at it again uh, in the uh, Senate. And he, he, he got what he deserved. And on the issue of, of, of monitoring Catholics, we t- touched on this a little yesterday, and Josh Hawley went after him big time. We got a great exchange. If we don't have time to get to that today or this evening, we'll get to it tomorrow, God willing, okay? But what I'm going to play for you now speaks to exactly where we are, forget the world, where we are in this country and the double standard, the two-tier level of justice, the two-tier level of media coverage, the two-tier level of outrage, the two-tier level of the Justice Department, the FBI, and you name it. If you say something about one group or if you're on one side, you're okay. If you say something about a different group and you're on the other side, you're screwed, baby. If the doors of the Capitol are open and those who broke in should be arrested. But if you just walked in, if you just walked in with the doors open and and talked to the officers standing there, are you a terrorist? You an insurgent? I don't want to digress because I need the time. And uh, this is this is where we are in this country. This is where we are in this country. Now, imagine if on college campuses all over this country, Ivy League schools and others, they were calling for the genocide of trans people, black people. What the F do you think would be happening to those people participating in those rallies, demonstrations, whatever? What do you think would happen to them? I think they'd be expelled. I think the Justice Department, the FBI would be on campus crawling all all over it, arresting people. I think that anybody who has a a student visa and is doing that and is here would be kicked the hell out of the country. But you see, if you say it about Jews, it's okay. Don't take it from me. Listen to the great, and she's a great congresswoman from New York, Elise Stefanik. She's uh, uh, in the in the leadership of the House of uh, uh, the House Majority from New York, and she was on the panel today talking to the heads of various Ivy League, the presidents of three Ivy League schools. But here she's talking to um, um, Claudine Gay, who is the president of Harvard. She took over in July. She got her Ph.D. from Harvard in 1998. She's from New York, and I want you to hear this. Here is cut number 50, 
Where am I? Here's cut number 55. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African-Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, Intifada revolution, and, quote, globalize the Intifada. Is that correct? I've heard that thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus. Yes. Well, gee whiz, you have? That's wonderful. Now, Stefanik should have stayed on that when she said, is it acceptable speech on the campus of Harvard to call for the, what, I forget what word she used, the, the elimination, genocide, whatever, the killing of blacks. And she couldn't even say no, when of course we know the answer is no. But she knows what was coming, so she couldn't say no to that and then give the cockamamie answer she's giving here about Jews. Here's cut 56. So based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you but not say here that it is also, against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, Does that speech and not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? It, it, it would be hysterically funny if this wasn't the friggin' president of Harvard. Okay? I mean, she's so offended by it. Oh, it's so offensive. I personally, I'm a, it's abhorrent to me. But hey, freedom of speech. So again, if if groups with uh, swastikas or or white hoods, students came on campus, were on campus, and called for the annihilation of blacks or trans, she'd say exactly the same thing, wouldn't she? We believe in free speech. <laughs> yeah, right. My butt. Here's cut number 57. When you testify that you understand that is the def definition of intifada. Is that speech, speech according to the code of conduct or not? We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable. 
You and I both know that's not the case. You were aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report? As I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the data shows it's true. And isn't it true that Harvard previously rescinded multiple offers of admissions for applicants and accepted freshmen for sharing offensive memes, uh, racist statements, sometimes as young as 16 years old? Did Harvard not rescind those offers of admission? That long predates my time as president. But you understand that Harvard made that decision to rescind those offers of admission. I have no reason to contradict the facts as you present them. Correct, because it's a fact. So Harvard won't let you in to the school if when you were 16, you had an offensive tweet about blacks. But once you get to the school, you could call for on campus for the elimination, the, the genocide, the killing of Jews. And that's free speech. Again, this is a Saturday Night Live skit. Where's Chris Christie? He should be in this somehow, not to imply he's anti-Semitic or anything. Uh, he's just a buffoon. Uh, here's cut number 58. You're also aware that a Winthrop House faculty dean was let go over, he, over who he chose to legally represent, correct? That was while you were dean. That is an incorrect characterization of what transpired. What's the characterization? I'm not going to get into details about a personnel matter. Well, let me ask you this. Will admissions offers be rescinded or any disciplinary action be taken against students or applicants who say, from the river to the sea or intifada, advocating for the murder of Jews? As I've said, that type of hateful, reckless, offensive speech is personally abhorrent to me. Today, that no action will be taken. What action will be taken? When speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies, including policies against bullying, harassment, or intimidation, we take action and we have robust disciplinary processes that allow us to hold individuals accountable. And then to conduct when they start killing Jews, then We'll see some action. Again, if you think for one second that this woman, which would, as president of Harvard, would have the same policies in effect, or the Justice Department would, or the FBI, or the media, if these rallies were from Trump support, MAGA hat wearing people, MAGA, make America great again, red hats, Trump, yeah, yeah, kill the blacks. You think they do, oh, hey. You know, if it turns into action, we'll do something. Until then, we value free speech. My ass. You've got to be kidding me. Here's Stefanik's final of this segment. Here's 59. What action has been taken against students who are harassing and calling for the genocide of Jews on Harvard's campus? I can assure you we have robust what actions have been taken. I'm not asking actions underway. I'm asking what actions have been taken against those students. Given students rights to privacy and our obligations under FERPA, I will not say more about any specific cases other than to reiterate that processes are ongoing. Do you know what the number one hate crime in America is? I know that over the last couple of months, 
there has been an alarming rise of anti-Semitism, which I understand is the critical topic that we are here to discuss. That's correct. It is anti-Jewish hate crimes. And Harvard ranks the lowest when it comes to protecting Jewish students. This is why I've called for your resignation. And your testimony today, not being able to answer with moral clarity, speaks volumes. I yield back. She is, uh, Elise Stefanik is so, so good. Not only on this, I've played you her before with other people about other issues. But wow, she is so good. And, and that Harvard professor, uh, Harvard president. Wow. Wow. And uh, by the way, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Gay, um, it's not just in the past few months. You look at FBI hate crime statistics, Go back to whatever year you want. Jews, crimes against Jews, dwarf the rest of the field, unfortunately. Dwarf the rest of the field. Dwarf um, gays, lesbians, trans, uh, Muslims, whatever else, whatever other group you, you put in there. No comparison, not in the same league. Go, go look for yourself, Miss Gay. Now, Uh, I I stumbled upon this shortly before the show, and thank you to Ben very much for uh, getting this in last minute. I don't usually play something this long, but here's Elise Stefanik questioning the president, not only of of, of, does she go uh, to Claudine Gay again of Harvard, but also the president of University of Pennsylvania and MIT. Three By uh, biting my tongue, three wicked witches. Let's be let's be polite, okay? Three wicked witches. And again, if these if these <laughs> if these were men, and we were talking about I don't know, I don't even I you know abortion people on campus threatening of people who get abortions, and these were male presidents, or if these I, I can't even make it up. I can't even, it's like me too, except if you're a Jew. It's any other minority group. This would be, they'd be sending the National Guard in to protect the minority in question. And rightfully so. But here, ah, until somebody and somebody until somebody kills a Jew, we'll take that chance. <laughs> here is cut, sit back, take it all in. Remember, this is MIT. Harvard and the University of Pennsylvania, the presidents, these these things are the presidents of those universities. Watch if you're watching live and listen. Here's cut 64. Dr. Kornbluth, does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? 
If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I, I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Again, I'm just so, I'm so, so impressed with the Stefanik. And so, these, these women, did they get their jobs because they're women? I, I they, they certainly didn't get their jobs because they're well-spoken. They certainly didn't get their jobs because they could handle a situation of conflict and confrontation and, and give a, 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 a cogent explanation and, 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 and communicate their message. And they are contributing to the issue. They're, they're part of the problem. Again, all, all I'll say is, all I'll say is, if you think that one of these three women, the presidents of MIT, University of Pennsylvania, or Harvard, would be sitting there saying the same thing, oh, no, you could, you could call for the genocide of trans people on our campus. You know, it depends what context it is. It depends if it, if it's, if it, if it translates to conduct. So if a trans person is is beaten or killed, then. But otherwise, you could hold all the rallies you want, and call for the for, call for the anything, any kind of violent action against trans people or black people or any minority or anybody. 
according to these three presidents of these three universities. And that is a bunch of crap. You know it, and I know it, and they know it, and Elise Stefanik knows it. Just an outrage, just an outrage. Again, it's like a bad Saturday Night Live skit. But this is where we are in this country today. And we're that way in this country because we have a Justice Department, an FBI, an administration, and and someone pulling the strings in this administration named Barack Obama who love this. But be a Catholic going to church and you, baby, you're going to you're in trouble. What a sick, messed up country we have become. And they'd say Trump, Trump represents the end of democracy. Really? I think we're pretty much there as we've all known it for so many, for, for, for our lives, for the, for, for the length of our lives. All right. Deep breath. <gasps> okay. Cause I want to have some left uh, when we come back uh, with our guest. I'm Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. Radio Vision. <laughs> My baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those beans smell heavenly. Mm-hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. residential areas by... And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Caution. You are about to to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. All right, folks. Steve Malsberg back with you. And um, let's uh, welcome in my uh, guest for the evening. And that is Mark Finkelstein. He is a contributing editor at newsbusters.org so many of the uh, uh the sound bites and videos now that uh, we play for you uh come from newsbusters and uh it's been a a lifeline for me in my my study and presentation of media bias to you and to previous audiences uh, uh for 
decades as long as they've been around and they do just wonderful wonderful work and and of course they're part of the media research center mrc uh so you know check check all that out newsbusters.org and media research center and you'll just you know everything we talk about here you'll you'll see where it comes from you'll see it's reinforced you'll you'll learn a lot more than i could ever uh, teach you in a in a limited show Uh, mark welcome aboard my friend thank you steve it's great to be with you thank you for having me it's my pleasure. And, you know, I, I told the audience yesterday and then I couldn't remember uh, what what uh, what it was that you you wrote something about Joe Scarborough, which led my brain to think, aha, I've been saying for for a long time uh, that whenever Joe and Mika talk about their uh, uh, Joe Biden, there should be a disclaimer uh, stating that when when Mika talks, it should state that um uh, my brother works for Joe Biden. He's the he's the uh, U.S. ambassador to Poland. And whenever uh, J- uh, Joe speaks, he should say, my brother-in-law works for Joe Biden. He's the U.S. ambassador to Poland. And then you came across and you pointed out something similar. Uh, tell the folks what you were referring to. Sure. This was uh, a long segment that they devoted to the death of Henry Kissinger. And Scarborough turned it into an opportunity basically to denigrate Henry Kissinger and uplift his father-in-law, Zbigniew Brzezinski, again, without revealing that Zbigniew Brzezinski was his father-in-law. Now, in fairness, I'm sure many people, you know, regular viewers of the show know that, but even so, and the way that uh, Scarborough went about it, you know, he said, now, I'm not doing this to build anybody up or knock anybody down, sure, but he described Kissinger as a quote-unquote shapeshifter who was only able to remain in power because he was good at quote unquote ingratiating himself uh right but not not people. brzezinski yeah I, and i want to interrupt you but i do have that that bite i want to play it and then we could uh you, you could uh you could keep going uh yeah, this is you. um this is uh cut number 48 he, he could move uh, politically he was a master uh, tactician politically uh whereas uh, dr brzezinski was well Dr. Brzezinski. He told you what he thought, uh, whether you liked it or not. Uh, he was he was extraordinarily blunt. Uh, but I will just say, and, and I, I will say perhaps this is uh, uh, because I've, I've studied Dr. Brzezinski's legacy. Um, um, I think on the big question about the Soviet Union uh, falling, I think, you know, and others have said this, Kissinger was the pessimist. Brzezinski was the optimist. Uh, and, and Brzezinski got that right. Uh, the big question of their time, he got right. Yeah, it, 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 it is mind boggling that he's not saying I, I, I'm talking about my my wife's father. I mean, it's yeah. just it, it's just it's negligent. It's it, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And speaking of things that Brzezinski, he's a big new Brzezinski, got right or wrong. Somehow Scarborough didn't mention it's a big news suggestion that the United States would shoot down Israeli jet craft if they overflew Iraq airspace on their way to taking out Iranian nuclear facilities. He didn't he didn't get around to mentioning that. And if ever there's been a shave shifter, it's Joe Scarborough himself. This is a guy who was the hardcore conservative congressman from the conservative panhandle of Florida, who was part of Newt's revolution. And now, you know, as you know, he is day in and day out 
the biggest defender of all things democratic, the biggest you know, antagonist to Trump and all things Republican. So who's the shape? You're, you're absolutely right. Now, I used to fill in for Joe Scarborough back on Scarborough country. Um, I, I filled in for him all the time back in 2003, maybe two, three, four, whatever. Um, and, you know, he, he was this big conservative. He filled in for Hannity a couple of times on Fox. So he is totally. And, you know, I attribute it to Trump derangement syndrome because he's not alone. I mean, you see people, uh, you know, Liz Cheney, she's got it. A lot of people uh, have it, especially especially in the media. And it gets worse and worse. It doesn't get any better. Am I right? Was there a shift, a noticeable shift? Because they were buddy buddy with Trump. Hey, you want to do our wedding? Hey, you want to you know, we're getting married. You want to you want to uh, officiate our wedding. And when he didn't do it or couldn't do it or wouldn't do it. Isn't that the time that every that everything turned around? I think it can be traced to that. And of course, there was also that moment when uh, Trump tweeted out about Joe and Mika wanting to come to Mar-a-Lago for New Year's. And uh, Trump said some less than gracious things about Mika. And he also has suggested that Joe could have some liability for the passing away of a former aide of his. So I think that's what really pushed it totally over the edge. Okay, let's go to um, uh, well. Let's let's uh, stick with uh, with Joe Scarborough here. Uh, and by the way, you you that story we just did with the video that was your story on on, on newsbusters.org. Here's another one. We're gonna go uh, back. We're gonna go in a second to uh, to forty nine. This is something that I played uh, when when it came out a week or so ago. Again, this is the attacks on Trump, which. If we thought, if you, you, the viewer, and me, the the, and you, um, uh, Mark, thought was bad leading up to where we are now, it it's gotten more and more abhorrent. If po- if you thought that was possible, um, listen to what Joe Scarborough said uh, recently on, on, of course, Morning Joe, and this is from the story written by uh, by by Mark. Here is cut number forty nine. Just because he hasn't done it yet, doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. And if he is voted into office, then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're gonna look like idiots uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. I mean, how yeah. how how could you even say such a thing? I mean, this is like peak Trump derangement uh, syndrome. And, you know, this came right around the time of the Biden uh, turkey pardoning, where he managed to mix up Britney Spears <laughs> and uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we kind of imagine. So in Scarborough's fevered brain, instead of having turkey pardonings, will, will there be like an execution of the week on the south lawn i mean this is like <laughs> this is literally insane and again you can almost you know when 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 a, a contributor who's a former this or a former that but as you rightly described what joe scarborough was for him to say that a, a man who was in congress and all that i mean it, it, it's just Again, you I often wonder, and, and Mark, do you in watching The View and watching Scarborough and watching other people, um, you know, maybe less schooled than Scarborough, do you often wonder, are they are they being are they that dumb or are they dumb like a fox 
or are they being a useful idiot? Because sometimes like with Sonny Hostin and, and all that, I, 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 I'm starting to think she's as dumb as Joy Behar and, and she's not trying to fool anybody. She believes what she says. But sometimes I can't tell. But with Scarborough, again, it's just a, he's an enigma. Yeah, I, I think you're setting the bar very high for Sonny Hostin to say dumber than Joy Behar. You know, I mean, it's, that's that is a challenge. But uh, in the case of Scarborough, I, I, you know, you use the expression he's he's well schooled. He 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 has no excuse for not knowing better. Let's put it that way. And I, right. I think basically he is somebody who knows which side his bread is buttered on. He works for MSNBC. His audience is a liberal audience overwhelmingly. And then he's also in, he lives and breathes generally in a liberal milieu, both within the walls of MSNBC, but, you know, he's lived on the Upper West Side and in Tony, Connecticut, and he summers. I love the, I used to love summers as a verb, you know, he summers on Nantucket. So that's the milieu that he lives in and swims in nowadays. And again, he, he knows that if suddenly he reverted to his original conservatism, it, it wouldn't play well with the audience and probably with the suits at MSNBC. I've been meaning to ask somebody, uh, and now I have you, so I could ask you this. Uh, th- their show, you know, they always have the background, and it's, this isn't alone on on uh, MSNBC. I believe Nicole Wallace, maybe she's in Washington, mm-hmm. but but in the morning, they have that Washington, you know, backdrop, the, uh, the, right. the, 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 the you know, on the gun. But they're, they're in New York. No. Well, not only are they in New York, but they, you know, they recently or fairly recently got uh, a home in Tony, Jupiter, Florida. And apparently they right. also have a studio there. So, yeah, right. I mean, talking about shapeshift. But they have the backdrop for Washington, D.C. Isn't that right. totally dishonest? Yeah. And Nicole Wallace does the same thing. Speaking of shapeshifters, you know, the former aide yes. to the uh, McCain uh, campaign, who you have to say kind of betrayed uh, Sarah Palin. I, I did an interview with Nicole Wallace when I was at Newsmax TV, and I got to tell you, you, I mean, she's a different, she's just, a, it, she's not Nicole Wallace. She's a different person. TDS, Trump Derangement Syndrome. All right. We're talking, by the way, to uh, Mark Finkelstein, contributing editor at newsbusters.org. I love this conversation. Let's have some more. Let's go. Uh, this was not your story, but this was up on Newsbusters today. And I just want everybody to listen um, to what this story is. This is from the NBC Nightly News last night with Lester Holt uh, leading into it. Here's cut 47. Tonight, the White House is condemning a pro-Palestinian protest outside a Jewish-owned restaurant in Philadelphia as completely unjustifiable and anti-Semitic. Stephanie Gosk is there for us tonight. At Goldie Falafel Shop in Philadelphia, a lunchtime rush. Little sign of the scene Sunday night, where police say four to five hundred protesters gathered. They accused the restaurant, co-owned by Israeli chef Michael Solomonov, of supporting genocide in Gaza. Today, the White House called the protest anti-Semitic. Pennsylvania's governor said it echoed 1930s Germany. The purposeful gathering of a mob outside of a restaurant simply because it is owned by a Jewish person? Well, that's anti-Semitism. Okay. As 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 Newsbusters pointed out, because I, I would have no way of knowing this, um, 
NBC was the only of the th- only one of the three networks to cover this. This took place over the weekend, and they were the only one of the three networks to report on this. Now, if you didn't have the White House weighing in on it, if you didn't have the governor of the state of Pennsylvania weighing in on it, it would still be wrong, but you could say, okay, but you did. You had the highest ranking government official in the state. You had the, the White House and 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 plus what, what it represented and CBS and ABC, they, they couldn't be bothered. How, if this was uh, at outside a trans or if this was outside a drag queen show with little kids in attendance, they would have covered it, those networks. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. And by the way, this was uh, my Newsbusters colleague, uh, Jorge Bonilla, who uh, wrote this story at Newsbusters that you're yes. fighting. And, and uh, yeah, and in fact, ABC somehow, I know we're both baseball fans, but they found time to cover the sale of the Babe Ruth rookie card, you know, but not <laughs> not time for this. And uh, CBS uh, had time for a segment on a ship running into a bridge in Vermont. But again, not time for this. And you make a very good point. When the White House and the governor speak out on this, that makes it very newsworthy. And, and again, you notice like the chant, the classic liberal chant, the rhyming chant. Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide, she yelled. And I mean, genocide, of course, is by definition mass murder. So there's something extreme, extremely threatening about charging somebody with genocide. Yeah, you you, you would think so. OK, let's get back to a story that uh, you did. And this is um, this is <laughs> we know that poll after poll after poll after poll has shown that 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 Biden's in, in trouble if you if you could go by the polls. Uh, even though Biden himself said that not too long ago to Peter Ducey that there were two that say that, but eight more say that he's leading, which was just you know mind-boggling. Um, but here on MSNBC, uh, Katie Fang uh, has a guest, uh, Molly uh, Jung Fast, and they quote this Vanity Fair. Uh, no, she's from Vanity Fair. They quote the um, NYU professor, an editorial he wrote, James Rosen, Jay Rosen. And just listen to this whole thing. It's basically we the media shouldn't even be reporting on the polls. Here's cut number uh, four, uh, 50, 50. You want a poll that shows Biden doing well ahead of 24? We've got a poll for you. You want a poll showing Trump doing well ahead of 2024? Oh, we've got plenty of polls that show that. You want a poll to serve as a political advisor of sorts? We got that poll, too. Look, polls can be useful. They can be informative and educational. But let's face it, polls cannot tell us in December of 2023 who will win an election in November of 2024. Don't believe me? Just ask Hillary Clinton. As Vanity Fair's Molly Jong Fast puts it, let's stop treating polls as actual news events. The focus that Jay says should be not who has what chances of winning, but the consequences for American democracy. I mean, I don't know if you could underscore that anymore in terms of its importance. So don't report on the polls. Uh, Instead, talk about the uh, candidate who should win and better win if you want to keep your country. I mean, you know, let's talk about MSNBC. Um, They are just so and and Scarborough aside, but they're part of it, too. But the radical, radical leftists. I mean, how could NBC News, people who work at NBC News, how could they how could they put up with this, this, this garbage, this left wing activism, this, I mean, if, you know, if Karine Jean-Pierre 
the self-proclaimed historic figure wasn't wasn't working for Biden, she'd have a show there because she's just a, a radical leftist activist in real life. She used to be before she had this job. So Absolutely. how do they get away with it? How do, how do they how does the news division sign off on this kind of programming? You know, it, it reminds me of in theory, there used to be this this Chinese wall between the front page of the New York Times and the editorial page of the New York Times. And that's been totally degraded. And I think to, to a large extent, although we you know, you we did uh, show that one segment on NBC News where they did talk about the 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 mob protest outside of the Jewish uh, falafel shop, by and large, night after night, there's no question that NBC News leans significantly to the left so it's you know there's not as if on the one hand you have this objective reporting nbc news and on the other hand you have msnbc they are basically singing from the same hymnal yeah no that's absolutely true so let me ask you one question before we let you go mark and that is you know you've watched the, the media over the past 20 years i've watched them and just when you think it can't get any worse i remember pat buchanan Pat Buchanan said uh, to me, um, it's got to be 10 years ago, he wrote his last book and he was in studio and he said, um, you know, I, I thought what I saw with the way the media treated Nixon, that it would never get any worse. And he said what they're doing to Trump. And this is back. This is back then. Uh, he says what they're doing to Trump and the way the media is now. So I guess it was 2015 or whatever uh, or 16. And now I'll ask you, <laughs> based on where we are now. How much worse can it get? Will it get that much worse in in Uh, two, three, four, five, ten years? Yeah, I mean, and I'm glad you mentioned Nixon because we have a rubric for some of our stories at Newsbrushers that we call sudden respect. And occasionally now you will see on MSNBC sudden respect for Richard Nixon because in contrast to the absolute devil, you know, that is Donald Trump in their eyes, Nixon is starting to look pretty good to them. So you know, can it get any worse? I, I, I think we might have reached the apogee at this point with their hatred of Donald Trump and their fear, of course, too, because, you know, you referenced the polls and particularly the one in The Times a couple of weeks ago that showed uh, Trump leading in five battleground states. I think that's what really pushed them over the edge. Yeah. Mark Finkelstein, folks, check out newsbusters.org and check out Mark's work. And um, Mark, thank you so much. I, I hope you'll, you'll come back again. And uh, if uh, we don't speak before the end of the year, certainly have yourself a uh, wonderful holiday and a great uh, 2024. Thank you. It was, it was great to be with you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Mark Finkelstein, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Yeah. I mean, um, it's crazy. It is. It is crazy. We document that here every night. And again, Newsbusters. Dot org is uh, is such a, a great source and uh, you should all go check it out because uh, there's so much more on there that if I had you know five hours we could talk about as well all right we're going to come back because we have as I like to say one final segment left in the hour uh, right here Steve Malsberg on TNT Radio Vision. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever for COP28 in Joe's place with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left and there's 400,000 people 
expected there. Now, do you really believe that those 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. I want to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I need to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. Why can't I eat? Support the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks to help provide meals to those in need. Join us at feedingamerica.org. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Steve M. Talk, Facebook.com slash Steve M. Talk. Um, 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 I always can't think of the name Instagram. Instagram, Steve M. Talk, because I probably I don't post there much at all. Um, and tell your friends, tell your enemies, tune into the show, listen back on the um, uh, to the podcast. And um, we have time. We're going to get in the Christopher Ray, Josh Hawley, um, the attack that the FBI, that the Justice Department has made on Catholics in this country. The outrageous attack on, on God-fearing, church-going Catholics. Folks, what the hell is happening? What the hell is happening to this country? What has happened? And Trump is a threat to democracy. No. If we give these people more years, are you kidding? Nothing will stop them. Nothing. And it's Barack Obama, in my opinion, pulling every single string. And you think he's going to stop? All right. So here is uh, the Senate hearing. Uh, Christopher Ray talking about a lot of things. But Josh Howley going back to the Letter that was written about the threat that Catholics pose, um, church-going Catholics, and he's following up on all that. And here's cut 60. I noticed with interest in your written testimony that you said, and I'm quoting you now, the FBI uses all tools available at its disposal to combat domestic terrorism, which now apparently includes the crime of being Catholic. Let's talk a little bit about the FBI's egregious targeting of Catholic Americans you have repeatedly been asked about the memo gener generated by the Richmond field office. We now know in collaboration with multiple other field offices about recruiting sources in Catholic churches. You have repeatedly said that no human sources were approached. This is you on July the 12th in the house. You were asked directly by Jim Jordan. Do you think that priests ought to be approached to give information on parishioners? You said, no, sir, no, sir. You went on to say, we do not recruit, open, or operate human sources. We do not report on religious organizations. You went on to say, this product, meeting the Richmond memo, has not resulted in any investigative action. But now we know that in fact, FBI agents did approach a priest and a choir director to ask them to inform on parishioners. So 
were you lied to when you gave this testimony or were you lying to Congress? Neither. Gee, I thought he was going to say, oh, I lied or, oh, no, I was lied to. Of course, he's going to say neither. Of course, he's going to say neither. These folks in charge, whether it's Homeland Security Director uh, Mayorkas, whether it's Ray, doesn't matter who it is. They don't answer questions. Oh, well, we're I can't say anything. We have an investigation ongoing or I'm not going to. Well, that's internal. I'm not going to. Oh, we got right, enough. They, these hearings mean nothing. Because they don't answer questions. And I'm talking about government officials here. Not the, the three musketeers that we saw earlier. And I shouldn't call them three musketeers, the three heads of those universities. I shouldn't call them three musketeers because that kind of implies some kind of, you know, whatever, some kind of, um, you know, benign, whatever. They're clowns, they're heroes, they're, they're swashbucklers. If I said the three stooges, ah, they're funny. No, no, they're dangerous. They're dangerous. And so is this garbage. So here he is ready to explain. Cut number 61. You are, your question conflates two different things. Uh, there's the intelligence product itself, uh, which the Richmond field office created. It was written by, as our inspection found, by analysts in Richmond, reviewed by people in Richmond, and captioned Richmond field office product. Separately from that, there was an investigation of a specific individual who was amassing Molotov cocktails and posting about killing people. And it does not surprise me that there were people who knew that subject in that investigation, that is the guy building the Molotov cocktails and trying to kill people, that people talked to the witnesses who knew that person. And I think the product, the Richmond Intelligence product, which cites that investigation, is actually pretty transparent about exactly what I just said. Okay. Uh, I, I, that, that, that's not what Josh Howley was talking about and he's going to pursue. And you'll see in a second, here's cut 62. No, I, no, I don't think so at all. In fact, a whistle, the only reason we know this is a whistleblower has come forward and told the house under oath that the FBI went and interviewed priests and choir directors in the Richmond area. The, the house goes on to say that the FBI has repeatedly refused to disclose this information. The only reason we know it is because a whistleblower came forward with it. Just like the only reason we know about this memo is because a whistleblower came forward with it. How many other parishes around the country have priests or choir directors been approached? By the way, are, are Catholic choirs now, are, are, they, are they breeding grounds for domestic terrorism? Is this, is this your latest theory? How many other parishes have FBI agents approached priests and choir directors to ask about parishioners? Look, Senator, we do not and will not conduct investigations based on anybody's exercise of their constitutionally You have religion. done so, and your memo sure. explicitly asks for it. Those your memo labels traditional Catholics as racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists in need of investigation. You have a list of churches, a list in the memo. You've repeatedly said we don't target churches, we don't list churches. They're listed in the memo. It be it doesn't matter, and but but just let's understand this. Just let's understand that the memo cited churchgoers, churchgoers as a threat, as a threat to this country. Churchgoers, I, I, well, sure, 
because they're probably white supremacists, Trumpies, you know. And now we know that's the biggest threat to this country. Just look at cities all over the country. They're the ones shooting up everybody, robbing everybody, killing everybody, or marching through the streets and attacking cops and, and splashing paint and breaking down, uh, you know, trying to kick in doors at Grand Central. Yeah, yeah, it's all churchgoers. Here's the final cut of this uh, back and forth. Uh, here is cut 63. So how many other parishes have you gone to to talk to choir directors, for heaven's sake? As I've so the answer to that question. <laughs> No, I don't know the answer to that question, but I can tell you that we don't investigate people for their exercise of their constantly protected, constitutionally protected religious expression. I, I that particular can't. intelligence product is something that as soon as I saw it, I was aghast. I had it withdrawn. Really, you were aghast. I was. And, oh, really? And yes, what sir. have you done about it? Did you fire the people who wrote it? No, I had it withdrawn. Have you fired anybody involved in it? Senator, if you would give me a chance to answer That's a yes question. or a no. It's not hard. Have you fired anyone involved in the writing of that outrageous memo about which, frankly, you've repeatedly misled the public? Yes or no? The individuals involved have in that product fired anyone? Not, just a minute were not found to have engaged in any intentional or bad faith conduct. And in fact, in fact, Senator... A number of the individuals so the involved. No. A number of the individuals involved in writing that product in the Richmond office were themselves Catholics. So the notion oh, I see. that so they were targeting they, their own oh, faith. Oh, so they is have a get out of jail free card. I see. They, I see. So you're I immune and they're that. immune. So we shouldn't ask questions about it. You haven't done a darn thing. You haven't fired anybody. In fact, what the House found is, what is it? You you admonished them. They were admonished. And their respective supervisors were told to engage with the Human Resources Division to ensure that deficiencies are addressed. Wow. Wow, he should be running security and investigations at these, uh, these colleges. In fact, the, some of these people who drew up the list and blah, 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 and were involved are Catholics themselves. Do you know what that sounds like? Do you believe that? So because they're Catholics, they can't hate Catholics. They can't view Catholics as a threat. They can't abuse other Catholics. That's like saying, I don't know, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's say black churches were listed and targeted and, and deemed as a threat to national security. And the whole end, then people were priests and choir people were uh, interviewed and whatever. And, th and this is the jerk. Ray sits there and says, in fact, the agents responsible for doing that, that some of them were black. Oh, well, then that, 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 that's OK. Then oh, ha, 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 ha. some of my best friends are, are are this or that. I mean, what what kind of crap is this? Folks, take this show tonight. Let it sink into your head. This country is effed up. Effed up and in big trouble. And uh, Jason Olborn is next. God willing, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Two great guests tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss them, I promise. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. I'm Steve Malsberg right here on TNT Radio Vision.